This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. I expected a bit more of a woo actually there. Today is Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> and um, and we're going to be looking at what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean to us? How is that part of our legacy of faith? But today is the, the birthday of the church. Today we remember when the church was born in power, when the church was born in life, when the church was born in joy. And we're going to go straight to the Bible. Almost 2,000 years ago, the church was born, and we're going to read the story in Acts chapter 2. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. You know, sometimes when you, you need to go to the Bible to kind of reframe your life or remember why you're here. For me, this is one of those passages, Acts 2, 41 to 47. It's just part of Peter's speech at the day of Pentecost. It says this, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This was the birth of the church 2,000 years ago, and the church has continued to grow. What God started at this day of Pentecost, almost 2,000 years ago, you know, every day, people are being added to the number, those who are being saved. More people are coming to know Jesus today than at any other point in human history. Maybe not in our part of the world, but globally, the church is growing. And actually, I believe God is doing something new and exciting also in, in our nation. This is our legacy A church born in power, bringing transformation to the world around it. This day was Pentecost Day. This was an ancient Jewish festival. I'm going to do a bit Hebrew now. Shavuot. They called it Shavuot. Now, that's not impressive, is it, at all? But they called it Shavuot. And uh, it was inaugurated in Leviticus 23.16. And they knew it as the festival of weeks or the festival of harvest. And Shavuot or Pentecost uh, was essentially seven weeks after Passover. So seven weeks uh, after Passover, they had this other festival, Pentecost, the festival of weeks, the festival of harvest. And on this Passover, Jesus told his disciples that something incredibly special and incredibly significant would happen. So 50 days after the Easter weekend, after the events of Easter, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the disciples were gathered together in Jerusalem. And in Acts 1 verse 4, Jesus says this to his disciples. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem. Wait for this another festival, the Passover festival, that was, that's, for us now, that's Easter, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send another. 
And in 50 days' time, wait in Jerusalem and wait to see what happens. Pentecost literally just means 50 or 50th, because it's 50 days from Easter or 50 days from the Passover weekend. And so today we're going to explore, well, what does this mean to us? This is part of our legacy of faith. Something significant happened on this first Pentecost. But how does that impact our lives today? What, what do we pick up from these first Christians, from this first church? And there's four things that I want us to explore today. This happened 2,000 years ago. But for you today, maybe you've never heard this word Pentecost before. Uh, or maybe you have heard it before, but haven't understood what it could mean to you as a believer, what it could mean to you as a person living in East Lancashire in 2016. Well, the first thing is this. The first thing that we want to explore this morning is this could mean that you become a person of power. So fix your eyes on the screen and we'll just watch a story about a person of power. When Jackie Pullinger set out from England in 1966, she had no idea that God was calling her to Hong Kong's infamous walled city. Though she was only in her early 20s, as she spoke of Jesus Christ, brutal triad gangsters were converted, prostitutes quit, and she found a new treatment for drug addiction, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The squalid and lawless Kowloon walled city was demolished in the 1990s. Jackie left a legacy of faith where few had dared to tread. Her methods continue to be used with success today. And because of people like Jackie, China, once a stranger to the gospel, is destined to become the world's largest Christian nation within a generation. Amazing. People of power. I love that story. Jackie Pullinger, just a normal young woman from this country who picks up this legacy of faith. Now, picks up this legacy of faith from the early church. Just normal people who were filled with God, God's power. Jesus said, you've experienced baptism. And last Sunday, we, we, some people in this room experienced baptism. And maybe you've been baptized or you've seen a baptism. Jesus said, well, you've seen baptism. Well, something like that's going to happen. But this time, rather than being baptized in water, you're going to be baptized by the Spirit of God. You're going to be refreshed, renewed, made new, made whole by the Spirit of God. And it's about to happen. That's what Jesus said, I love it, to his disciples. It's about to happen. Just wait here and wait to see what I do. And from that moment, something brand new has happened to countless millions of people, including Jackie Pullinger, a normal person from this country who got a God-sized dream. And it wasn't her own power. You know, it wasn't her own ambition. It wasn't her own will. She said, God, fill me with your power in order to see this nation changed. And she has seen this nation changed. I love what Matt says in the video. She found a new strategy. And it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So power, a people of power. Acts 1 verse 8, it's not on the screen, but Jesus again says, you will be filled with power. He makes his promise. He says to his disciples, I'm going to ask you to do something massive. I'm going to ask you to go to all people everywhere to share my mission, to share my kingdom. But like Brandy said this morning, you're not going to go alone. You're going to go filled with my power. You're going to become a people of power. In this story, in Acts 2, most of Acts 2 is a speech from the apostle Peter. Now, we, we know him now as this 
leader of the early church, this great man of God, this great man of faith. And on this day, this day was a good day in Peter's story. He stands up and he proclaims that Jesus is the Christ and 3,000 people become Christians. Now, 3,000 people become followers of Jesus. That's a good day. <laughs> you know, for in Peter's ministry, in Peter's life, that is a good day. But it's not that long since a little girl said to him, aren't you one of those? Aren't you one of Jesus' friends? You're from Galilee. You're from Galilee, aren't you, Peter? You're one of them. I can tell from your accent that you're one of those from the north. (laughs) I can tell from your accent that you're one of Jesus' friends. And Peter says, I've never even met this man. Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. Only a few weeks earlier, Peter is denying that he knows Jesus. But on this day... On this first Pentecost Sunday, Peter stands up with boldness and courage and proclaims that Jesus is the Christ. And 3,000 people say yes to Jesus that day. What happened? Like, what happened to Peter? What happened to Jackie Pullinger? How did she go from just a normal girl who was sat in a normal school? She probably got on a bus one day, sat with other normal people. She probably ate normal food like we eat. But something happened to her one day where she was filled with a boldness and filled with a courage to go and bring change and transformation to other people. What happened to her? What happened to Peter was that he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happened to Jackie was she was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is that you might also experience that, that you might experience that today. And and you might begin to uh, experience that in the world that you're a part of. That You might begin to see, pass on this legacy of faith. Peter, in this passage, in Acts 2, he quotes from the prophet Joel. This is an Old Testament prophet uh, a few hundred years before Jesus. And Joel, in Joel 2, 28 to 29, he prophesied this. And Peter quotes this on the book of Acts. And as I reread this, I thought, oh, there's some people in this room that need to hear this. Maybe you've had a dream that has died. You know, maybe you had this purpose for your life, and it seems to have faded, or it seems to have gone. Well, listen to this. This is Joel's words that Peter echoes on the day of Pentecost. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So Joel said, this is going to happen. And Peter stands up and says, this is happening. <laughs> like right now, in the middle of this day, on this Pentecost Sunday, this is happening right now. The Spirit of God is being poured out on all people. So all through the biblical story, people uh, act in the power of God, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. But now on this day, it's for all people from all nations, from all backgrounds, everybody gets to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And for those who have had a dream that's died, you know, for those who maybe live in, in, um, oh, things could just go back to the way they were. You know, for some people who live in those days, a new dream can happen today. God could pour out his spirit again into your heart, into your life, and something new could happen. You can become a people of power. Here's my second thought for you this morning on this Pentecost Sunday, that you can receive his spirit of peace and joy. You can receive his spirit of peace and joy. I want to go to another 
story in the Gospels. This is in the Gospel of John. So this is now before the day of Pentecost. This is after the crucifixion and after the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus appears to his disciples. Now, you might not, oh yeah, you do see this in the text. You see in the text that the disciples are hiding for their lives. They're living in fear, like literally. They are fearing for their lives. So as I read this, if you're somebody at the moment who is going through something difficult, who's living in a sense of fear, then my hope is that this this speaks to you. John 20, verse 19 to 22. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I want to communicate to you is that you can become a people of power. And the second thing I want you to hear is this, is that you can receive this spirit of peace and joy. Jesus walks into this room. What I love about this story is the door's locked. Jesus doesn't knock on the door. Jesus doesn't open the door. He just walks through the wall. Now, we won't live there because there's lots of things to unpack there. But I just love it. Jesus just walks in. He just walks through the wall, stands before his disciples who are terrified and even more terrified now because they've just seen a man walk through a wall. And he says to them, peace be with you. And he says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Go in peace. Go in joy. It's like the peace of God enters the room. The shalom of God just walks into the room. I don't know if you've had that kind of experience where you're in the middle of something disastrous. You're in the middle of a nightmare. But even in the middle of that, even in the midst of that, it's almost like peace enters the room. Like the shalom of God enters the room. Or maybe you've never experienced that. Maybe right now you're going through that and you're like, where are you, God? Well, my hope and my prayer for you today is that you receive that spirit of peace. That you say, God, fill me with your spirit. And as you pray, God, fill me with your spirit. That what you experience is this peace that passes all understanding. You know, a peace that makes no sense. (laughs) And a joy that makes no sense. I love it when I meet Christians and I just think, you've been through some really tough stuff, but you've got this peace and this joy that is deeper than sorrow. And it's deeper than happiness. You know, so it's not just something good happened to me, I'm happy. Something bad happened to me, I'm not happy. I meet people who have this deep joy and this deep peace that's deeper than happiness and that's deeper than sorrow. And I I pray that for you today. You can receive his spirit of peace and joy. Uh, When I was 15 years old, I prayed a really simple prayer. And I I think I've told this story before. Uh, But I grew up in church. So I've been in church my whole life from week one, I'm pretty sure, of my life. I attended church. I missed a year of church to pursue a footballing career, uh, which ended with not becoming a footballer. (laughs) So, uh, but at 15 years old, I, I, I just wanted God, you know, this is, this is something I really want you to hear this morning, that there's so much more to God. If you think you've experienced all there is to experience of God or learn or encountered all there is to know about God, there is so much more. There is so much more. And what I've also learned is that if you want more of God, then he's up for it. Like he, he wants to lead you further. He wants to take you deeper. 
So 15 years old, I was a believer in God. I, I, I had no problem believing the stuff. But I just wanted to know God. I, just want, I didn't want to just know information. I knew all this information. I wanted to know the love of God. I wanted to experience the presence of God. So my simple prayer, 15 years old, was, God, if you're real, come and be real to me now. I was on my own in my room. I just wanted to know the presence of God. I just wanted to know the closeness of God. I wanted to know the love of God. And all I can articulate about my experience that night was I had an overwhelming sense of love. That, that's all I can say about that experience. I just knew that I was loved, not because of anything, <laughs> not because of anything, not because of anything I'd done, because I'd not really done a lot, you know, not because of anything that I was, just I was loved by this incredibly massive thing that I was connecting with called God. So my hope and my prayer for some of you here today is maybe for the first time is that you experience the presence of God. That as we pray, God, fill me with your spirit, that for some of you, maybe what you'll experience today is this overwhelming sense of the love of God. To know his presence. That's my third thing this morning. To know his presence. As we pray and ask God to fill us with his spirit, I know for some of you in this room, what's going to happen is you're going to experience God in a way that you've never experienced God before. I've got a friend that when he first kind of, he'd been a Christian for years, knew lots of the information about God. But when he was prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he said that was the first time that he felt the love of God. That he knew deep in himself that God loved him. And that was my story too. At 15 years old, I knew all this stuff about God. But at this moment, I knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that God loved me. And it wasn't just a theoretical or intellectual idea, I actually experienced this overwhelming sense of the love of God. So you can know his power, you can know his peace and his joy, and you can know his presence, you can know his closeness. I love this idea that the greatest gift that God has ever given us is himself. Some people want to chase these things that we call the gift of the Holy Spirit, Well, I think what God really wants is for us to chase him, for us to chase his presence. So not just his gifts, not just the stuff that comes with it, but actually for us to be people that go after his presence. The people that want to know God, want to know the closeness of God. And here's the last last thing I want to say today, to know his purpose. God has a dream. (laughs) God has a desire. God has a will. God has a mission. God has a purpose for your life, but also a purpose for humanity, for the universe, for everything. Like God has a purpose. And on this day, something radical happened where there'd been a a disunity, where there'd been a kind of a fragmentation of humanity. In Acts 2, on this day of Pentecost, God did something new. He brought all people of all different languages and tribes and tongues together to create something new called the church. And the church embodies this mission of God, this kingdom of God, this dream of God, this will of God. The ch- and we get to be a part of that. That's part of our legacy that we've picked up something that started 2,000 years ago. And we get to continue to be God's dream. Now, we get, we get to continue to embody God's dream here on earth. One example I want to give to you of this is, 
maybe one of the most influential people of the 20th century, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And I've noticed that we, we refer to him every now and then in Life Church, and you just see his impact, you see his legacy, you see his legacy across society. But what we have to recognize with Martin Luther King is that this is a man filled with the Spirit of God. This is a man who was, everything that, was, that came out of his life was propelled by his Christian conviction, was propelled by a belief in a God who is love. Everything in his life was propelled and fueled by the Spirit of God. And, and he said this, this is one of his prayers, and this might, this might become a prayer that you want to pray. Martin Luther King said, use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a purpose greater than myself. I'll just read that again. Martin Luther King, use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a purpose greater than myself. So this is my conviction this morning, is that the Holy Spirit can fill us with the power of God so that our lives can fulfill God-sized dreams. That's what I believe. I also believe that, that the Spirit of God can fill you today so that you can experience the peace and the joy of God, no matter what you're going through. I also believe that you can be filled, or you can experience the presence of God, the closeness of God, the overwhelming sense of the love of God. But I think sometimes we miss this one, that also we can align our lives with the purpose of God. That the, the Bible tells a story about God's activity. And the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, shows us what God is all about, what God is wanting to build here, what his legacy amongst his people is. And Martin Luther King tapped into that. Martin Luther King became aware of the purposes of God. He decided to align his life, his skill, his passion, his vision with the purposes of God, with the dream of God, with the kingdom of God, with the mission of God. The Holy Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus said and did. Jesus promised that about the Holy Spirit. I can imagine him looking in his disciples' eyes saying, don't worry, I am, I'm going to go soon, but I'm going to send another He's the comforter, he's the counselor, and he is going to remind you of everything that I said and everything that I did. So when you're going off track or when you have no idea what to say or what to do, don't worry because you have got the purpose of God in you. His name's the Holy Spirit. You can align your life with the dream of God, with the mission of God. Well, how do we do that? By saying, God, fill me with your spirit. Praying a prayer like Martin Luther King, use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, what I, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a purpose greater than myself. Maybe the band could come and join me. The Holy Spirit leads us into the mission of God. The Holy Spirit guides us on the path of purpose. Part of our legacy of faith is ordinary believers receiving God's power, aligned with God's purpose, knowing and experiencing his peace and his presence, baptized, made new, renewed, refreshed, rebooted by his Holy Spirit. 
Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.